We know usually when we do scripture reading, one person, either I or a, a reader, reads that scripture. But back in the old days, and some of you may remember, we used to have what we call responsive readings, or this fellow that worked on the farm, uh, Betty's dad's farm, used to call them responsible readings, <laughs> which is a better idea, actually. <laughs> Anyway, so our scripture reading will be responsive uh, with our Sarah helping me today. As we read from the uh, 20, 20th chapter of Exodus, we're reading the version that's in the Berea hymn book. And one day when we're looking at hymn books, you have to look at page number 629 and see, there it is. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God punishing children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Did you happen to see the senator imitating Mel Gibson in a Florida speech just last weekend. It was on all the news. In the movie that he was imitating from, Mel Gibson's character was at the end of his life. Well, the senator was at the end of his speech. Both of them yelled out one word. Freedom! Well, so why do I bring this up? I'll tell you. If you ask me to sum up in just one word what the passage from Exodus we just read was about, 
That's the answer. Freedom. Most of us think about freedom as being rid of some restriction, some prohibition, something keeping us from doing what we want to do. I'm 16 and can drive where I want to, thank you. <laughs> so when the last school bell rings, at the end of the day or the end of graduation or whatever, when quitting time on Friday afternoon arrives, you ever seen those lines of people waiting at the door for the... <laughs> Not that they were getting a lot of work done before then, but they really do. When that student loan is paid off or the mortgage at last. Some people used to have burning the mortgage ceremonies. When you finally get to retire, I thought I got to go watch, but when you finally get to retire, when you're finally released from some burden, some obligation, freedom, well, but wait, that's not what was happening in the 20th chapter of Exodus, was it? Well, the children of Israel, freedom happened. Well, it kind of happened when old Pharaoh got tired of all those plagues and let them go. Get out of here. Go. Enough with frogs and water turning red and all that stuff. Go. Well, consider these are these were people who'd been living in slavery for generations, cruelly oppressed by forced labor. They didn't have Friday quitting time and then you get off for the weekend. They had to work all the time. Freedom was what happened really when they got safely through the waters of the Red Sea and escaped the warriors and chariots of Pharaoh's mighty army. Well, sort of. Well, they were free from Pharaoh's tyranny. If freedom just means free from, they were free. But God's message for the children of Israel then and to us now is that there's a lot more freedom than freedom from. There's also freedom for. The children of Israel, they lived for generations in the Pharaoh's rules, rules designed to keep them down and restrict their lives to the hard labor and service to Pharaoh and his goals. Freed from Pharaoh, they needed to learn a new way of living. Now, in more modern times, in 1941, Franklin Delano Roosevelt gave his State of the Union address. And in that address, he asserted four freedoms for everyone, universal freedoms, universal essential human rights to be protected, not just for us Americans, but for everyone. These are the four freedoms that became part of the Charter of the United Nations. You don't have to go to the United Nations to read them out, though. You can, uh, if you go to Washington and you go around that big tidal basin, you know, and you go from the Washington <coughs> Monument to the Jefferson Monument, you keep going around, you'll get to the Roosevelt Monument, and these are engraved in stone there. And you keep on going, you'll get to Lincoln Memorial. Well, these are the four freedoms, and they became part of the United Nations Charter as well, as I said. Freedom of speech. Freedom of worship. 
freedom from want. Because if you're dirt poor, if you don't have the money to buy the essentials, you are not free, really. And freedom from fear. If you are living in fear, you aren't really free. Well, our reading comes from this Exodus 20. That's it's familiar in words of the Ten Commandments. Well, it's sort of familiar. If you ask a whole lot of people if they can name the Ten Commandments, if they knew the Ten Commandments familiar with it, you know what they, a lot of people would say, oh yeah, I love that Charleston Heston movie. You know what they would see. That's what they would think of. There have been studies done about religious literacy. How much do people know about the Bible or about various religions? If you ask the question, name the Ten Commandments, it turns out to be one of the harder questions on their little easy test. It, the results end up being kind of like what Jimmy Kimmel does a lot of nights when he asks people questions that are silly things and people say amazing stuff on TV. <coughs> I saw a cartoon that, that uh, where one child says to another, you know, I don't know all the Ten Commandments, the only ones I can remember are settle down, act your age, take that out of your mouth. Because <laughs> <laughs> those are the commandments. <laughs> well, even though most people have not memorized them, the Ten Commandments still have an impact. There's a, a behavioral economist that do. Now, the difference between a behavioral economist at, like him at Dan Ariely at Duke and a psychologist like me is, is a couple hundred thousand dollars, plus as I can figure. <laughs> but they do interesting studies. In one of Ariely's experiments, he had it set up so people were assigned a task and he set it up so that they could cheat. And guess what? Given the opportunity to cheat, most people did. <clears throat> Almost everybody in this study cheated. I know you're going to say they do all Duke students, but he did this study a lot of places. People generally cheated, but they cheated less if before they they did the task, if they got asked one question: What are the Ten Commandments? Just the idea of bringing up that there might be some rules or some guides for behavior. They still cheated, but they didn't cheat near as much. Another fascinating study he did involved a chance for people to cheat, and the only difference is like a Halloween trick-or-treat thing. And one time they had a basket of goodies had a painting behind it, and the other time they had a mirror where you could see yourself. And so it turned out not only did people cheat less if somebody was watching, they cheated less if they were the ones doing the watching. Go figure. Just knowing that somebody might be watching. Well, long ago the Ten Commandments might have been a lot shorter, easier to remember. Ten Commandments are also called the Decalogue. Deca means ten and log words. At one time they may have been easier to remember with ten Hebrew words that spoke the heart of each commandment. 
And yes, Sharon, I remember some of y'all know all about the hillbilly commandment. <laughs> you know, the ones that say, one ain't no God, but one God, two, honor your, another one be, honor your pa and your mom, and so on. <laughs> and by the way, that honor your parents commandment, that's, uh, that's the only commandment that comes with a promise. That you may live long in the land God has given you. And you may have heard of the little girl who was asked. Yeah, they said, well, you know, you know the commandment about honoring your parents. Is there a commandment that says something about get along with your, your, your brothers and sisters, your siblings? And she said, do not kill. <laughs> <laughs> well, you may remember I told you about a fellow who lost his job because he was following one of the Ten Commandments, at least that's the way he told me. He was a Seventh-day Adventist and he would not work on a Saturday. They don't believe in that. So I asked him, what'd you do on Sunday? And he said, oh, I don't work then either. I said, oh, you better reread that commandment. He says, six days shall you labor. Well, most of us think of, you know, doing the yard and buying the groceries and the laundry, all that stuff. That, that's our six-day labor, right? <clears throat> Well, some people see the Ten Commandments as an <clears throat> old-fashioned, Old Testament thing. But if you read Matthew's account of the Sermon on the Mount, listen to what Jesus says. Whoever ignores one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do so will be called the lowest in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps these commands and teaches other people to keep them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Dr. Tom Long is a Presbyterian preacher. He used to preach at a Methodist seminary. And he's quite a writer and preacher. And he says, he said, most people can't name all the Ten Commandments, but they're persuaded at the center of each one is some finger wagging, thou shalt not. Father's Ten Commandments are a heavy yoke what kept them on the necks of the rebellious society. But I believe the Ten Commandments tell us more about relationships. The first four deal with our relationship with God. First, that God comes first. Second, that we are to worship the Creator, not anything else. That's a hard one to keep. Third, that because we respect God, we treat God's name with respect. Fourth, that we keep the Sabbath holy. And for some people, Sabbath is a different day. Every preacher I know uh, breaks that rule about not working on Sunday. <laughs> but you know, in, when this commandment was given, like I said, they didn't get the weekend off. The people had to work all the time. Slave labor every day. They didn't get any rest. And so this was a freeing and opening thing, a recognition that human beings need rest. We need to take a break from it. I've seen people take Facebook Sabbaths lately or breaks from other things. That Whatever it is that is heavy and hard on you, taking a break from that, unplugging for a while having a chance to be still and know the presence of God. 
So the first four commandments deal with our relationship with God, and the next six are, six are our relationship with God's children. That we honor our parents, that there's no murder, no adultery, no stealing, no false witness, or lying, or fake news, gossip. Intent, no coveting. Coveting is more than just envy. It's seeking to take what's not yours. It's not saying this, I want that. It's saying, I don't want you to have it either. These things are essential to people getting along with each other, to having a civilized society. Remembering that God is always with us, not just watching us, but watching over us. Not just judging our behavior, but loving us and forgiving us. Let us live into that knowledge. And let us devote ourselves to this goal, to act, to speak, to even think in ways pleasing to God our Creator, our Redeemer, our Guide, our Friend, the author of our freedom. <laughs>